0: I just want to thank you, Father, for this morning. Lord, we've been through a week of your instruction. You've Spoken to our hearts through all these days. Especially, Lord, through the last week, oh Lord, you've been speaking. Been exhorting. You've been warning. Indeed, these are perilous times, O Lord. Times of stress. Lord, there's absolute uncertainty everywhere. But you are the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And therefore, this morning, speak to us. You are the unchanging God. Your truth is unchanging. Lord, it is a truth that will set us free. Sanctify us by your truth this morning. Speak to us, prepare us for the days ahead. Lord, let faith arise in each one of our hearts. And even as we receive your word by faith, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Your word says, O Lord, be circumspect redeeming the time, knowing the will of God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation and wastage. Enable us, Lord Father, not to waste our time, waste our resources and our energies, O Lord. Enable us to be stayed, O Lord, on, on you, even as we prayed in this, this morning that our eyes will be as a flint towards Jerusalem. Watch over us, Lord. Speak to us this morning. Father, reveal your heart to us. Unburden yourself this morning to us. And enable us, Lord Father, to hear you and obey you and walk with you. Anoint us to that and we pray, even the speaking and the hearing. In Jesus' name, Amen. I was typing this uh, meditation and I just tried ty- typed I said, a text for today's meditation. And you know, you have a typo. You have an autocorrect in all your softwares and it says it suggested medication. So I said it's so appropriate, right? And so I said the text for today's meditation and medication is what I thought was appropriate. Yes, we have people running here and there without, for medication and without medication. There's one God who is our medicine. Yeah. He, by his stripes we are healed. So this morning, We've been looking at, um, especially if you've been there yesterday and the day before on pastors' conference and the believers' conference, and yesterday too, it was a continuity. We've been looking at the making of a worshipper. Okay, so one of the one of the central themes that we looked at was the fact that revelation leads to worship. Okay, it is the opening of our eyes which will cause us to worship God, to know, to know Him. Just not to uh, know him in our head. It is an experience that we experience truly know him in our lives. That his words will not only be knowledge. Jesus said, "My words are spirit and they are life." So today I just titled today's um, teaching as the case study of a worshiper. Okay. So if we want to see an example from the Bible as to what what does it mean to be a worshiper in different uh, dimensions of it there are several dimensions and some of one of the dimensions which are thought which uh, will be very relevant to us in these days that we're living in so therefore let's just look, look at a few verses before we start uh it's hebrews chapter 6 if you can turn from read from verses 4 to 9 hebrews chapter 6 verses 4 to 9 for it is impossible for those who are once enlightened and that's the word whose eyes have been opened okay Whose eyes have been opened, and enlightened, means the senses have been have been quickened, and he's not talking about just uh, he's talking he's talking about our spiritual senses, okay? Who've been once enlightened, and have tasted the heavenly gift, right? So that is the reason why uh, in um, First Peter chapter two he says, uh, desire the spir- spiritual pure spiritual milk of the word of God, to grow up in your salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, right? If you've tasted that the Lord is good. Then grow up in your salvation. Desire to know know him more and more and more. Why? If you've tasted that the Lord is good, there's a warning that that comes with it. I mean, you know, it's like this, no? Um, Lord, I long for you, but increase my longing for you even more. I taste for you, but increase my taste for you. In in other words, like, open up my taste buds. for example, when I was a kid, um, one of the things that I hated was Birakai. You know, Birakai, right? Birakai. Oh, that was like a medicine for me. And my mother used to say compulsory question, no? I have to I have to eat it. But then even as I grew up and I didn't like the taste, no. But even as I grew up, my goodness, my taste buds kind of started enjoying uh, biryani. See, I'm a vegetarian, so sorry, I do, I'm seeing, getting all these stares. What is it, biryani? Um, this is a foreign food for us. No, 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 no. For, for us, I, I love uh, that. I, I love biryani. Now, if I go to my place and we have a competition for biryani in my home, okay, between my daughters and I. So, it's just it's the, it's the taste buds have increased, no? There, there are different taste buds that have, that have, that have been, um, what is it, activated in, in my tongue now. So that's exactly what happens. Even as you grow in the Lord, initially you—it's uh, like, oh, what is this? And then suddenly the taste buds of your of your tongue, your spiritual tongue, if you will, it'll start increasing, and then you'll start experiencing God more. It is an experience, you know. See, uh, the the proof of the pudding is in the eating, you know. If I can ex- describe the taste for you. It is for you to taste Him and enjoy. And sometimes you say, "It is the same old, same old." Yeah, because your taste buds have not increased. Simple. So, and one of the things that we need to ask, Lord. Just expand my taste buds so that I'll really, really enjoy you even more. Okay. One of the uh, constant refrains that we have, you know, I enjoyed today's word. What is enjoying the word? Boy, that was tasty. That was a tasty meal. That was something of God that I knew and understood. And I really, really received it in my spirit. Okay. So these are the things that we need to, uh, we we need to really check. Am I, are my taste buds increasing? Okay. Or is it dull? Or you're just taking the word of God as a medicine and not as a meal. Okay that's important, so it says uh, and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of age to come so there are, there are five things over here you have been enlightened, you have tasted the heavenly gift, you have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, you have tasted the good, of, good word of God, and you have also experienced the powers of age to come so if you if you really really want to know what if you've, uh, if, you've been, if you've been really saved, five things you can look at enlightened. Okay, I've tasted the heavenly gift. That is the gift of salvation. And I've become partakers of the Holy Spirit. It means I know, now I'm, I'm really being, I'm not only birthed by the Holy Spirit. Now I'm enjoying the Holy Spirit. I've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. And I've tasted the good word of God. I didn't enjoy it before. Now I'm enjoying the word of God. And also the powers of the age to come. No? What is the powers of the age to come? One of the powers of the age to come that you can speak in heavenly language. Exactly. The tongues. Tongues is the powers of the age to come. You've started speaking in the language of angels. Okay, so when we are speaking in tongues, angels definitely understand. Okay. Oh, well, that's what he means. If you don't have an interpreter, bad for us. But, you know, at least we speak, no? And they understand. So we're speaking the heavenly language. So we have five experiences and he says if you have that, if you have really experienced all this and then verse 6 it says if you fall away to renew you back to repentance is impossible that's a warning isn't it so in 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 your in your walk with the lord one of the things that is constant is change i mean that sounds like a paradox but it is one is one of the things that has to be constant is change change is constant So he says, um, why, since they crucify again uh, for for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame for the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those uh, by whom it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed whose end is to be burned. But then he says, you know what? But beloved, even though we speak like this, Okay, even though we speak like such hard words, we are confident of better things. Okay. We are confident of better things, things that accompany salvation. You are confident of better things. Things that accompany salvation. No. So you need to understand one thing. If you read the book of Hebrews, Hebrews is a one of the key words in the book of Hebrews is or the episode to the Hebrews is the word better. Okay. He was better than the angels, Jesus. Okay, We have a better hope. We have a better testament because Jesus is the testator. Okay, We have a better covenant. We have better promises because everything was based upon a better sacrifice. We have a better and enduring substance. We have a better country. We have a better resurrection. Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant who speaks better things than the blood of Abel. So he says, we are persuaded of better things from you. Okay, especially we in our church, boy, we've been spoiled with the word. Okay. So, so we are, we are persuaded better things for you, from you, things which accompany salvation. So what are the things that accompany salvation? Okay. So there are several things which we'll look at today, but one of the things we need to understand, salvation is based upon election, not selection. Okay, that is a fantastic, liberating truth. Okay? Salvation is not based upon an entrance exam. Okay? Where you compete. Okay? Study, 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 study. At the end of the day, we'll have an entrance exam and then after you pass, only the top 10 10 percent will get, will enter into heaven. No. How many of you will qualify? (laughs) And whose standard we have to reach? Jesus. Oh, that's enough. You just reach Jesus standards, you will enter in say, like, can you imagine that? I mean, if anybody sits next to Jesus, everything will be exposed from your heart. I, I, I remember, I'll tell you what, it, what, I, what I mean by that. You'll have a personal quake. Okay, that is what we call as glory, glory. You'll have personal quake. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was in the lab. I mean, this guy was when I was in the lab several years back. This guy was a mathematics olympiad silver medalist. Okay, um, till then he didn't enter our lab. Okay. So, he was out, the holy, we were outside the holy of holies, literally, okay? And, uh, we, we were about six or seven researchers in the lab, and we were all good, and then one, I was one among the better, once, than all my colleagues. So, my prof was, ha, ah, very nice, Vijay. I'll increase your stipend. Better, I said, yeah, best, great. And the next semester comes this guy. Okay, he's from Iran, okay? Mathematics gold medal from Iran. He's, I forget his name, he's there. He's now a professor in Caltech. You know, he's a genius, okay? Professor in Caltech. So this guy used to solve equations in the air. He used to say, sorry, eight to three. We used to look at him and then when we looked at ourselves, when we compared ourselves to him, we knew how terrible we were. Our righteousness was filthy rags. <laughs> Seriously. Literally, when I looked at that guy, I said, what do we know? Nothing. And then who's, who's the, who, now he's become the professor's cat, as they say, cat's whiskers now. And professor used to look at us and look at this guy. Why am I paying this fellow? <laughs> you see, you see, you see, this is what happens, this is what happens when you have a competition. So salvation is based upon election and not selection. Okay, it is not a race towards salvation. We are in a race, but that is after that we have, we have entered into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, just ima- just imagine, you know, you know, for example, if you want to get into IAS you have prelims, you have mains, you have advanced, blah <laughs> blah. No, that is for two years still not guaranteed whether you'll crack. Do you have plan B? No, I don't know. Seven years of your life you have poured out for civils, etc. You see? See, it's not based upon your performance. Okay, so one of the things that is a beautiful a liberating fact is that I don't have to perform to be accepted, accepted by God. That is one of the things that accompanies salvation. The love of God is absolutely secure. We are all secure in the love of God. How much, does, how much does God love us? Just as much as he loved Jesus. Amazing. When he looked at his son, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he sees us in Christ and he says... I am well pleased with you. That is what we call as a rest. Okay, that is what we call as rest. So it is not based upon our moral, spiritual, economic, social condition at all. Acceptance with God is not, is not based upon that at all. You see? We don't have to perform. Okay, and when we say election, it is not based upon popular angelic opinion. And because we have popular public opinion, that is what we have elections, elections here in India. In in, in uh in uh, in heavens, there are only angels, right? It is not based upon popular angelic opinion. They didn't say, okay, let us have an election of all the angels as to what they think about Vijay. <laughs> Michael the archangel. Vijay. <laughs> 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 not this fellow. <laughs> you see, if that if that was a popular angelic opinion, you know what he says? He didn't even come to save angels. And that is the reason why David is stunned. He said, Lord, you have made him a little lower than angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. How can it be, can it be possible? He didn't even die for angels. He didn't take on, take on the form of an angel. Even though he was better than the angels. Okay. And then he says, you know what? What is he going to give us? He is going to give us the authority to judge angels. I mean, that is remarkable. What did we deserve? Nothing. I mean, I'm going to show you a, a, a verse from the Bible, if you just to reiterate and reinforce this thought. Uh, turn with me to Romans chapter 9. A very, very disturbing thought for a lot of people. <clears throat> from verse 6 to verse 16. Uh, uh, verse 6 to 12, we'll read, and then we'll look at verse 16 separately. But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are Israel. Nor are, nor, nor are they all children, because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac shall your seed be called. And then, that is those who are the children, uh, those who are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as seed. And verse nine says, "For this is the word of promise: At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son." So. Paul is using two examples he is, he's going to use two examples first example he says Abraham had two children one was Ishmael and the other was Isaac okay he says Isaac is is not going to be i mean Ishmael is not going to inherit who's going to be the heir Isaac shall be heir shall be heir and then you will say you know what obviously Ishmael was a guy who was who was uh, uh, what do you say uh, he was mocking Isaac and therefore he lost his inheritance and bef- therefore be- maybe god rejected Ishmael and Accepted Isaac based upon his performance, and if you think that is the, if you if that is the conclusion that you're coming to, you know what, he's gonna give another example. What is the other example? Verse 10. <clears throat> and not only so. And not only this, but when Rebecca had conceived by one man, now there, you had two, two wives, two separate wombs, two separate children. Now he's going the next step, he says there is one man, and one woman, and two children, as twins. Okay, who are the, who are the twins? Jacob and Esau, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works but but of him who calls what happens, next verse, what does it say it was said to her, the older shall serve the, so why did Jacob get selected, just because he performed before God, no it was a sovereign election he you know, he tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, even before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, I called you, I ordained you to be a prophet. Oh, he stunned and he said, Thank you, Lord. You know, maybe initially he was a little afraid, okay, prophet and all I said, okay, but thank you, Lord, that your eyes are upon me. And after a while, if you come to Jeremiah chapter 20, it's very it's very interesting. People start criticizing his message and start saying, Jeremiah, he's saying all this. And he says, cursed be the day that I was born. Too late, Jeremiah. You were created. I mean, you were chosen before the foundation of the world were laid. So now it is too late for you. You've been selected. No, you've not been selected, you have been elected. Too late. You You know, he says, Oh, they're whispering. I'm hearing their whispers, Lord. They're thinking like this about me. Lord, you forced me to come into the ministry. I don't want to preach, but your message is like fire shot in my, shot up in my bones. And he praises, you know, one, one, one minute he's on this high and next minute he says, cursed be the day that I was born. You see, too late. You've been elected, not Selected. So one of the things that you need to understand, what accompanies salvation is sovereign election. What did you deserve among all your family members to, uh, to experience the, the grace of God? Nothing. So he says, see your calling, brethren. <laughs> so just, just, just examine your sense, see your calling. Do you think you had anything in you to deserve God's election? No. He, it was a sovereign choice of God. He did not take anybody's opinion to choose you. That is amazing. It's an amazing truth. He did not consult anybody. He chose you. That is the reason why he tells, he tells Moses, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy and I will pardon, I mean I will harden whomever, whomever I choose to harden. It is God's sovereign election. So what are we? We are a result of God's sovereign election even before the foundations of the world were laid. He chose us in him. That's a remarkable truth. So that has to liberate you. Okay, so that is one of the things that you need to Retreat yourself, Lord, thank God that I didn't have to perform to, to be to be accepted by you. He says, by his own will, he has accepted us into the beloved. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, don't have to turn there. Okay. So, understand this, this is one of the things that accompanies salvation. Salvation we looked at yesterday, right? Salvation is a whole gamut. Jesus is salvation. We have several dimensionalities to it. So, example is, of course, Israel, right? He says, um, if you turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 7 and 8, if you will. Yeah. God and the Lord did not set his love on you. (laughs) The Lord did not set his love on you or choose you because you were more in number than any other people. In other words, just because Jesus is the Lord, Jesus is God. They all say, no? Uh, Jesus, Zindabad, Jesus, Zindabad. Just because many number of people say, Jesus, Zindabad. Or less number of people say Jesus in Balaam doesn't make Jesus not God or yes God. Jesus is God, period. Whether you accept it or not. You know, we, 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 sing, we sing that song no. You are God alone before time began. You are on the throne. You are God alone. Nobody. He didn't ask your opinion. Okay. <laughs> okay. He didn't say, Israel, if I choose a nation which is more in population and I say, you are my people. Oh, so many people believe in uh, Yahweh as a true God. Okay, that means Yahweh should be the true God. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay, my choice is not based upon popular angelic opinion or popular public opinion. I am God. That is what we call a sovereignty. God rules by decree, not by opinion or consensus. That is Warren V.S.B. statement. I love that. <laughs> not by decree. <laughs> by decree, that's it. I am God and it stands, whether you like it or not. If you love me and you serve me, you will fulfill the will of God. If you love me and you serve me, you will fulfill the will of God. If you don't love me and you don't serve me, you will still fulfill the will of God. <laughs> that's the that, that, point. You see, you didn't understand. What is the will of God for you? Go to hell. Simple. Okay. You see, that, that, <laughs> we are waiting, hurry. This is not mathematical induction, okay? <laughs> this is one truth. This is one truth and it stands for all. Understand that. Okay, I didn't choose you, Israel. I didn't choose you because you are mighty, you are great in number. Oh, so many people believe Yahweh is the truth. You know, I deliberately chose you. I deliberately chose you that you are so least in number. Now oh, imagine, very few people believe that the those days, very few people believed that the Earth was round and the Earth was revolving around the Sun. Very few people, and who were believed to the contrary. I mean, the Church said the, the Sun. I mean, the Sun is revolving around the Earth. We are the center of the universe, hmm? and they wanted to kill Galilee also. But that fact doesn't change. The fact is a fact. Truth is truth. Okay, facts don't care about your my opinions (laughs) the truth doesn't care about your opinion understand this okay just because i don't know what my gender is doesn't make you (laughs) whatever gender i mean it's interesting i'm telling you this is so so phenomenal i've seen one of the movies that i used to watch i watched a lot was a movie called matrix when i was growing up no at least i watched about a decade several decades of times okay (laughs) <laughs> in four decades of my life several decades of times was <laughs> given to matrix and you should see the script for matrix is unbelievable it's crazy nobody can come with that kind of a script unless it has been given to you by somebody else and not god you know what there were two brothers called the Wichowski brothers who wrote the script for matrix you know who they are now they are no longer brothers they are sisters Mhm. It's an eye-opener. I was looking for Vichas' brothers at Google, but they're no longer brothers now. <laughs> they're sisters. You see? You see from where it is coming. Therefore, so don't get so excited when people write inception, conception. Uh, <laughs> etc <laughs> etc <cetera>, et <laughs> okay oh christopher nolan oh you can name your son nolan also it doesn't matter <laughs> okay understand oh princeton called him for valedictory graduation ceremony so what okay that's what it says what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of god that's exactly where we are coming to. We are calling evil good, good, evil, and everything is based upon majority opinion. If the majority opinion is 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 the contrary, we will doctor the majority opinion. that's what the media does and says majority people believe this understand so another another verse Deuteronomy chapter nine verse four hmm? look at what it says. Do not think in your heart of that the Lord your God has cast them out before you saying, because of my righteousness the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. It is not because of the, it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. And, verse five, yeah, It is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess their land, but because of wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out from before you and that you have fulfill the word, etc. It's not because of the, your righteousness. Okay, So, one of the liberating truths in Christianity is what accompanies salvation is actually election. Election actually goes far ahead before us. Far ahead in time. Even before time began. When were we elected? Before time began. began so Before God could ask anybody. <laughs> he chose us in Him. Understand that. If you turn, I'll give you another example. If you turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 9. Hmm? 2 Samuel chapter 9. Let's read from verse 1 onwards. <clears throat> now David said, is there still anyone who is left of the household of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Okay. And there was a servant of the house of the Saul whose name was Ziba. Ziba means statue. Statue. That means once he has an opinion it will not change. But he will pretend. Okay. He's like a politician. Statue. Ultimately what do they, what do they do? That is their position. After they die. Statue. What are they pointing to? I don't know. The birds of the air have a field day. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. No, David, in India, you have to come here to see all this. Okay, it's very funny. Uh, okay, now David said, is there anyone? And was to. And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Zeba. So when they called him, uh, called him to David, the, uh, the king said to him, are you Zeba? He said, at your service. Okay, next verse. And the king said, is there not? Still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God. I love that. It's not just kindness for Jonathan's sake. I want to show not just kindness. I want to show the kindness of God. And Ziba said, There is still one son of Jonathan. Who is? See, Zibas of this world have nothing good to say about you. I want to choose Vijay. Why Vijay Lord? That fellow. Unstable. Okay, what is it? Impetuous. <laughs> okay, emotional, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Whatever. See, there are zebas all around, Baba. They are the messengers of the devil. What we what we call us um, adversaries. Adversary means the word for Satan means adversary. You know what? Uh, Martin Luther made a powerful statement. He said, "Lucifer, you are Satan to me, to God. That means you are my adversary. You know what he says, Lucifer." God will be your Satan. He will be your adversary. What a statement. (laughs) Luther, I mean, God will be your Satan, you Satan. (laughs) It's amazing. You you just think about Luther's statement, okay? That's the reason why he says, Though this world with devil's fill should threaten to undo us, Bah, what a statement that is, no? Though this world with devil's fill should threaten to undo us, we will not fear for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. Kya bat, a mighty fortress is our God. Luther, Luther's statement. So there are zebas all around. Why should we not choose this fellow? He will give you 150 uh, reasons. If not million. At least 150. Samples out. Why does God, jobs worship you, serve you for nothing? You see, zebas are there. And what does he say? He is lame. The word for lame is very interesting. Lame means the one who has been shattered. Who has been split. Who has been become an invalid and where does he live? I don't know the GPS coordinates. GPS says, no, Lodebar. What is Lodabar? Literally God forsaken. And he says, call that fellow. He is the right candidate for my election. We are all Mephiboshets. I mean, you go and do a word study on what Mephiboshet means, Ishibosheth means, you will say, how can a man name his sons like this? Mehelon, Helion, Hashbaz, when you die, judgment comes. I mean, God has got ways of proving to us. You know what? I chose you, Vijay, because I love you. Period. Period. You know that is a tremendous, what do you say, uh, liberating truth for me that I don't have to perform to get and to attract God towards me. So, one of the things that accompanies salvation is election, not selection. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26. And before we go there, we can look at, uh, uh look at uh, verse, uh, chapter, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 9 verse 8. Uh, onwards, okay? And then he bowed, this is Mephibosheth. Um, uh, then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And that is his opinion about himself. And he didn't say, uh, king said, no, 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 no. Don't say like that, no. Don't speak like that. He didn't say that. I show you kindness in respect of what you are and who you are. Understand? So 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26. Brothers and sisters... It says, brothers and sisters, for you see your calling, brothers, that not many wise according to the flesh. <laughs> so, th- thank God, no, there was no, no IQ test, no candidates tournament to choose, th- <laughs> to choose the challenger for the world championship in chess. Nobody, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But what does God do? But God has chosen the what? The foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And God has chosen the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen that the things which are and the things which are not to bring to nothing that the things which are so that no flesh should boast or glory in His presence. That is God's election. I chose you. period. You know, there's a very fired up verse in John chapter, chapter chapter 4, verse 4. If you can put it in KJV, it's very interesting. KJV, John 4, verse 4. Of course, we know this very well. This is about um, um, the Samaritan woman, right? <coughs> John 4, verse 4. Look at what it says. Just one verse. And he must, needs to go through Samaria. What a statement that is. He must, needs to go, to, go through Samaria. Meaning why? Because God has elected one person, To hear the gospel and therefore I have to go in search for her. Was she searching for me? No. Was she she looking for me? No. She was looking for love in all all the different kinds of places. And he says, I must needs go through Samaria. You know what? It's exactly what is true for all of us. Wherever you heard the gospel, whenever you heard the gospel, whenever God called you, God said, I must needs go through, go through this place to meet Vijay. I remember I was 18 years old, 17 years old when I heard, heard the gospel. Heard the gospel meaning I was born and brought up in a Christian family like my children know. And, uh, but I heard the gospel. I heard. My ears were open. Okay. And it says that was a sovereign moment that God chose in my life to bring me back, to bring me to himself and to give me the born again experience. So this is how God chose us, but God chose us just as we are, but God did not leave us. To be just as we are. Okay. So when we heard the gospel, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. We know know that verse, right? Romans chapter 1 verse 16 will say, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew, Jew first and also to the Greek. It is the power of God. So what are those things which accompany salvation? When we hear the gospel and we continue to grow in the gospel, what should accompany us? And we are <clears throat> we are here in the fifth month. Then we will look at five things which have to accompany, and we just look at one thing of those five things, and then we will look at one example. Okay, about that one thing. All right, let us go to uh, Acts chapter twenty-six and lead, read verses seventeen and eighteen. Acts chapter twenty-six, verse <coughs> <coughs> seventeen and. 18. <coughs> That's my daughter's water bottle. Good, no? <laughs> it's got free publicity today. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, question. Uh, so, let us see. Seventeen and eighteen. I will deliver you. He's talking to uh, Paul. Okay. I will deliver from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to. So, five things. When you preach the gospel, what will happen to them? I will open their eyes. Second thing, I will turn them. From darkness to light. The, the, the word for in order to isn't actually, if you look at, look at the original translation, it's in italics. It's not the original, okay? So that means this is another thing. So first thing, your eyes have to be opened. You have to turn from darkness to light. From the power of Satan, which is in darkness, of course, to God, which is light, okay? And that's the reason why it says, uh, we have been translated from the King of darkness. The kingdom of darkness, Colossians chapter 1 will say. We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. What is the kingdom of His Son? It is light hmm? that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Fourth one, and an inheritance among those who are being sanctified by faith in Me. Five things that have to happen simultaneously, I mean, progressively in our lives. These are the five things which accompany salvation. Okay, which accompany salvation. Okay, one of the things which accompany salvation is conviction, regeneration. Okay, this is all the works of the Holy Spirit. If, in fact if we turn turn just one one verse uh, we'll go uh, we'll go to Titus chapter three verses one to three one to three from right one to four Titus chapter three verses one to four it says remind them to be subject okay sorry for, verse three onwards verse three onwards thank you verse three onwards okay mm. for we ourselves were also once foolish. Disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior appeared toward man, appeared. What happens? Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5. By the washing of regeneration and by the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So this is what happened. We've been regenerated. We've been born of the Spirit. And when we are born of the Spirit, five things have to accompany that. And we have to continually grow. For what we have to continue, we, our eyes have to be progressively opened. I told you, right? Our senses, initially you have, you see, and then you see more. Now, I'm teaching Abigail fractions. She has no idea why do we do fractions. Sometimes. What is this one by four? One, I understand. Four, I understand. Why one by four? Then I have to teach her in different ways as to what 1 by 4 is. Okay, she will, she will get the algorithm. She has got a memory bank, basically. She's got a memory. She knows an algorithm. Step 1, step 2, step 3, step 2, step 4. She memorizes it and she does it. Why did you do it? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I, I remember when um, one of my colleagues in uh, my lab, you know, uh, I still was I still was finishing my PhD, and he joined our uh, university as a, as a as the assistant professor. He finished his PhD from IIT Kanpur, and he joined us as assistant professor. And so we were having a discussion in the in the coffee cafeteria, and he was saying, Vijay, PhD ho gaya, yaar. sab kuch ho gaya. But Ab mujhe samajh <laughs> nahi <laughs> said, I said, he said, he, he said, you know what? I finished my PhD. I did everything, but when I am teaching my students now, I understand why I read, why I read all those things. So don't get worried when I when when I say that she's not, she's not I'm not able to understand. No 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 PhDs didn't understand, okay. <laughs> so they will understand. Now I understand why oh so many things when I was when I was doing it during it for my exams, why am I doing all this? What is this? sometimes you know existential crisis for students. Every time they do their maths exam, why am I doing all this? A plus B whole square, blah, 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 blah. Algebra, Gundagabra, etc. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people say, when they say algebra only, they, their, their minds go crazy only. But let me tell you something. After you start robotics, you will begin to love algebra. Then you will know. <laughs> then, no, no, seriously. Then you will know why you did those equations. Why was the was the professor after your life to understand that? Then you start to applying it, and the robot starts moving. Ah, you become like a creator now. Ah, you know, God had that excitement when something started moving. No, oh, we've been created in the image of God. No. Now that robot has become a, made in my image. I am vicariously living through the robot, no? <laughs> you see, you see, then, then you understand. So that's exactly it. when you started walking with the Lord. Initially what you understood, what is this? And then we start growing in the Lord. Oh. This, this, this. Okay, okay, okay. Why are been? why are, why did God shut every door for me? So that one day lockdown will come? Okay. (laughs) And everything that you do will be irrelevant. Okay. Irrelevant. But can you imagine? Everything that you do is irrelevant. Chess tournaments, irrelevant. IPL, irrelevant. Olympics, irrelevant. Can you imagine? You see? Everything is irrelevant. (laughs) Okay. And then, oh, this is the reason. That is only one, one I, I was actually reading through um, my favorite book called Pursuit of God, okay, by A.W. Tozer. Hmm? Every time I get, uh, something fires me up in the thing, I just highlight it and I write a note. Okay, so, that book was full of notes. Now when I looked at my notes, I said, <laughs> I know more than what I know now, then... What is this, you and I follow? I was talking to myself. I mean, that was uh, Vijay, Vijay at 12, okay. Now I'm Vijay at 35, whatever. No, you, see what, you understand what I'm saying? You're, you, when you grow in the Lord, you will begin to understand the purposes of God even more clearly. So one of the things that you continue when you grow in the gospel, one of the things that accompanies salvation is a continuous opening of eyes. Okay. God opened my eyes now. I was blind, but now I see. Till, till one particular time. And after that, I was blind, but now I see. Another time, I was blind, now I see, I was blind, now I see progressively. So what should happen when you're growing in your salvation is you're continuously, your eyes have to keep on opening. That's what, that's what Pastor was talking about. Revelation has to be progressive. And then when your worship becomes closer and closer and closer and closer to God. And you will now, your life will become a life of worship. Nobody has to say worship God, worship God, worship God. Song will come out of your mouth. Just like that. Okay. So eyes have to be opened. Progressively eyes have to be opened. Progressively you have to turn from darkness to light. Progressively you have to uh, uh, the, the, inclu- uh, the influence of the power of God over your life has to keep on increasing from power of Satan that is deception what is the greatest deception? self-deception from power of Satan to the power of God and you have to keep on receiving forgiveness one day I receive forgiveness of sin No, our definition of sin only will change anything which is not of faith is sin Every moment we have to <laughs> repent and we have to ask for forgiveness. We have to live in forgiveness. You see? And then we have to be, we have to really understand what is our inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith. Sanctification has to keep on increasing progressively. So there's five things have to accompany. Salvation. So, if this is not happening, then we should ask ourselves, you really serious. One of the most fired fired up statements in the last couple of days was, it stuck like a sword in my heart and I was talking to sisters. I said, Lord, if I'm a stumbling block, remove me. Who said that? Not me. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I was stunned when somebody we made that statement. I said, poof. I said, if he has to say that, Progressively increase. You know, that only person who's sold out to God will say that. Who doesn't care about reputation or, <laughs> is so sold out for the glory of God. I want to see your glory, like Moses says. You know, uh, Warren B.S.B. wrote a book, wrote this book, I was keeping, I just kept telling people, huh? One, life sentences of people. Life sentences of people. What is the life sentence of Joseph? The Lord was with Joseph. What is the life, life sentence of Moses? Show me your glory. That's it. And therefore, even if you didn't enter into the promised land, all your ways are righteous and just. You see, only those people who are sold out to God and who are absolutely saying, Lord, I don't care about my reputation. I don't care about what people say or not say about me. One thing and one thing I desire to see the beauty of the Lord and that His beauty and His glory has to be proclaimed through my life and through my church and through my family. If that is your attitude, you can pray such prayers. Otherwise, you're still selfish. No, oh, no, 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 Pass me not a oh, gentle savior. Uh, yo. uh, can you say no to God? Can you say no to God? Look at look at what, what it says, what God says about Moses. Moses, I am going to finish up these fellows and I'm going to make a nation of you. Say, Lord, come on, Lord, please. You know what Moses says? No, Lord. Then what will the Gentiles say? What about your glory, Lord? What about your glory? Can you say a no to God? You see, that is what we call us being sold out to God. We have not attained even 10 meters of Mount Everest. Okay. Our eyes have to be opened, my dear brothers. What have it, What they have to be open to? The reality of our own self, the reality of others, and the reality of God. There are three kinds of blindness. Self blindness. You have an opinion about your about yourself, no? One marriage counselor. <laughs> he says, every family there are six opinions. Among two people. Six opinions, two people. Man's opinion about himself. What he thinks that his wife wife's opinion about him. What he thinks, his wife's opinion about him, and his wife's opinion about him. Three. Same to the woman. Six. No children come. So permutations will exponentially increase. <laughs> you see, everybody, so what is the reality? And the, you know, the counselor says, it is a miracle that marriages last. <laughs> you know, he says that he has to break his head. It is a miracle, of our Marriages last. This is what he thinks, this is what he thinks about him. But I know this one is an absolute nutcase. And this is what he thinks that his wife thinks about him. But he has no clue what she's going through. You ask, you no? Know, sometimes husbands should ask their wives, what do you think about? That will be a revelation of the, <laughs> of the nth order. <laughs> Honestly, baby, what do you think about me? And she'll ask you, do you want mercy or truth? <laughs> Truth or Dare? Whatever the game, the people are playing. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm telling you, self-deception—great deception, my dear brothers. See, we have not even climbed one centimeter of Mount Everest. We have to reach the, the foot of Mount Everest only. <gasps> when are we going to climb? <laughs> so, what else do you, has to be open. So we look at one blind man, okay, whose eyes were progressively open and different stages of his spiritual experiences which opened his eyes to the reality of God. Okay, if you were following our Hindi service, Pastor James preached about this. Nothing is original. I plagiarized, okay. <laughs> okay, because I'm from GTC, I have got all the right to plagiarize, fine, fine. <laughs> But of course, no, you're in for some surprises too, okay? It's not going to be verbatim, of course. Not verbatim, definitely not. So let's ro- turn to John's Gospel chapter 9. <clears throat> John's Gospel chapter 9, let's read from verse 1 onwards. <sighs> now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. See, the blind man didn't see Jesus. Okay. This is what I call election. Okay. He didn't even hear that Jesus was passing by that road. Like Bartimaeus. Nothing has happened. Who saw him? Jesus saw him. Just before... This event they wanted to stone him okay that's a different story huh? <laughs> that's a different story it's amazing how jesus just walks through the crowd you could not touch him before his time they said no we should not kill him now he's the passover he has to die on passover even if you plan not to kill him on passover he will die on passover that's what he says, no? I lay down my life by myself. I lay down my life by myself and I pick it up again. I give it and I pick it up. This also I have received from my father. What a statement that is. Okay, so let's read from John's Gospel chapter 9. Let's read from verse 1. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth and you can put yourself there. Blind from birth, initially we had no idea. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four. We know that, no? The God of this world has blinded our minds, just to just to um, make it relevant to us. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded? He doesn't say God of this world. He calls him the God of this age. It's a different word. Word for word for world is cosmos. Age age is eon. Age symbolizes time. World symbolizes a system. So if you're trapped in time, then you're trapped in the system. You have to be, you have to be delivered from time, from time, and you have to be transported into eternity. Okay? Eternal life is now, not your best life. Okay? Now. So it says, whose minds are God of this world? And let's go on. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he was born blind? You see, that is exactly what many people do, no? They discuss other people's problems. What do you think? Something this fellow might have done. Why? Why has this thing happened to them? Something this guy. This is exactly, you know, there's a, there's a saying in Telugu. Eddu pundu muddu. I'll explain it to you. <laughs> Those who understand the Telugu, you will enjoy what I'm going to say. Eddu <laughs> pundu meaning, you have a ox. It has a? A boil on its, on its body. Who enjoys it? The crow. Because it's gonna sit on it? See, that's exactly what what people do, no? Oh, somebody else says, I know this fellow. (laughs) Jiras, what do you think? Huh? Your opinion? You see. See, our God is not like that. no. Our God doesn't look at our problems and say, let us discuss. No. You know what He does? He becomes a part of a problem. And He becomes comes into a problem and becomes a solution. See, no God is like that. That is the reason why God becoming flesh, we have no idea what that means. God becoming flesh. We read it, no? It pleased God to send him in the likeness of sinful flesh. You read it and memorize it, ah. Oh. But we, to actually really apprehend it, we have no idea. Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? See, one of the things that we need to understand as believers, and this is something which we have to practice it because it's a it's a part of our fallen nature to discuss somebody else's problems and to feel good about us. You see, there is a evil nature inside of all of us. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this carefully. Okay, I heard a man of God who said this. I'm going to name the man of God Warren B.S.B. Okay, he said there is an evil nature in every man who does not want his fellow man to change for the better. He doesn't want somebody to change. He doesn't want somebody to prosper. He doesn't want it to happen to him. So, so the Pharisees saw this lady who was a prostitute getting converted. They are so mad. They said, "What is this? If this man was really a prophet, he would know what kind of a man." Simon, 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 Simon. Do you see? That's the question. Do you see Simon? Do your eyes to see what is happening over here? It's an evil nature inside of all of us when we see somebody fall or somebody going through a trouble. Oh, oh, I'll pray for you, brother. Really? Do you really, really have the burden for that person? Sometimes I don't say I'll pray for you. I don't say I don't pray. because I don't know, Lord. I really have the burden. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to pretend. Understand? So, Jesus answered. No, I want to. I want to bring to your notice. Okay, the blind man was hearing this. It was in the audience of the blind man. Can you imagine how he must have been feeling? <laughs> you know why this fellow is like this? You know, sir, a lot of people they just have no concern for the feelings of the others. I'll tell you, I was telling pastor, we had an aquarium in our home recently. Finally, the pets have arrived in my home, okay, in the form of fish, okay. And that too I annoyed buy a birthday present like that for my children, but finally I, it, it arrived, okay. So they went for a vacation, they said, daddy, take good care of my fish, Baba, this time. <laughs> okay, fine. Feed them nicely. They'll starve to death otherwise. And they have a conversation with the fish. I didn't really know all this. They named the fish already. They sit before the aquarium and read to the fish. I mean, it's, girls are strange, Bob. I have three. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea what is, this is like a man, that's the reason why it says, do, deal with them according to knowledge. Oh, now I know. No. <laughs> so I, I have to do PhD only. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, did you read to the fish? I said, okay, fine. And then, of course, one day I just overfed them. And I was staying in the lab, I mean not, not lab. <laughs> sorry, Pastor. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Cha che, che, Old habits die <very> hard, Pastor. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So, I sent away, uh, sent my family, uh, I mean, not send my, they, they took a vacation. I also said, okay, fine, take a vacation. I can, I, I wanted to really, I wanted to really fast and pray and I want to seek, seek the face of God. I fed them that day. I took one bunch, <laughs> I throw the fish like, throw the food like that. And I came back and I, I finished my, uh, we finished other, it was by eight o'clock we had to leave, At thirty, we had to leave. No. So nine o'clock I reached home and I opened the door, <laughs> the smell. And I looked at the aquarium, the aquarium's features changed completely. All goldfish died. And I'm like, oh my goodness. First of all, I said, they died. Okay, what am I supposed to do? I took them all out, cleaned it up nicely. One catfish remained, angelfish I think, yeah, angelfish remained. All the other dead. Okay, I took them out and I buried. Did bury them? I just uh, threw them away. So I didn't tell my children. Okay, they were supposed to come yesterday. Just before I started, I told Abigail, uh Justin, four fish died, one remains. Okay, please prepare. Control She She's not here. Okay, please control Emmanuel. And she came back home and she saw the fish were not, and she started crying. Wailing uncontrollably. See, I'm telling you, you know, they're strange. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. So then, then you know, I just before that I told Pastor, I said, Pastor, this is what had happened, you know, so, Vijay, you have to respect their feelings, don't make fun of them. Otherwise, they'll grow hardened. You see. I mean, for us, as we are grown up adults, you know, we don't understand the psyche of a child and what we do is make fun of it. But God even cares for that emotion of a child. That has to be nurtured in a proper way. So that one day she will be have a burden and she will weep for souls. It's a parable, my dear brothers. If she can cry for dead fish like that, how will she, why will she not cry for dead souls? You have to nurture that. Got it you see that is the reason why when jesus was looking at this this is not for discussion guys these are lives at stake over here it's in the audience of this man and he says neither this man sinned nor his parents but that the works of god should be revealed in him this blindness of course it doesn't mean that you know that their parents have not seen all of sin and fallen short of the glory of god that is a different but this blindness is not because of that the fact of the matter is we are all blind. Aren't we? <laughs> blind to God. Blind to the problem of others. Blind to God. Blind to the problem of others. And blind to our own deception. That is the greatest thing. I must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day. In the Hebrew the word for, for day is yom okay when did adam when did god meet come to meet adam adam and eve in the cool of the day that's remarkable isn't it the cool of the day the word for cool is ruach in the hebrew and the and the word for day is yom when did god come to meet adam and eve to restore them in the cool in the when the holy spirit was brooding over them over fallen man who trying to cover their nakedness to woo them back to himself in the cool of the day I must work the works of him who sent him while it is day. That means I have to convict this fellow. I have to bring him. I have to bring conviction into his life. I have to open his eyes. Otherwise, he will be ever satisfied with his fig leaves. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as the Holy Spirit is in the world, we are the light of the world. Notice that, notice that, notice that question, notice that statement. As long as the Holy Spirit is in the world, we are the light of the world. And what is going to happen one day? He's going to be taken. The restrainer is going to be removed. And you know what's going to happen? The man of lawlessness will come. And it's exactly what is happening. The love of many is growing cold simply because what? Lawlessness is abounding. Iniquity is abounding. So what does Jesus do? When he has said these things? In the hearing of this blind man. So understand this. Blind man is hearing all this. Okay? Blind man is hearing all this. So this is, this is something very, 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 very crucial when you want to understand this entire passage. When he said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And notice that. He... Boy, 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 boy! You know when you have your Bible verses like that, just just underline it because the word for anoint is epikairo in the in the Greek, which occurs only twice in the entire Greek Testament and zero in the LXX, which is the Septuagint. Only twice the word is epikairo, which is used, and it, both times it is used in this. In this episode, uh, in this uh, chapter of John's Gospel, chapter nine, Epikairo, Epikairo or Epikristos, Christos, from which we go to Cairo, means anointing, means Christos. Okay, anointed one. So anointed. So the word is Epikristos, something like that. Okay, Epikairo is the anointed. Okay, and he anointed the eyes of the blind. He didn't apply. Understand what he did not, did not do? He didn't apply on the eyes of the blind. He anointed the eyes. How does John know this? Because John is writing this, right? Obviously. John is writing this. How does John know that Jesus anointed the eyes of the blind and did not apply to the eyes of the blind? Look at verse 8. And then you'll have a clue. Verse 8, bro. Verse, actually, uh, sorry. Uh, verse uh verse 10, yeah, verse 10. Verse ten and eleven, yeah, verse ten and eleven, and we'll come back to this, okay? Therefore, they said to him, "How were your eyes opened?" He answered and said, "A man called Jesus made clay and, and that is how John knows that he anointed. That is how John knows that he anointed. And the word is epichiro. and is only used once in the entire New Testament, and in the entire lex- in the entire subdivision. Only once and by this blind man. Because that that means something significant and unique is happening. This entire chapter 9 is about the blind man. One chapter fully given, dedicated to the blind man. So, let's go back. John's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 6 onwards. And then he said these things. He spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva... And he anointed the eyes of the blind, blind man with a clay and go on. And he sent to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated as sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So simple, no? He went, he washed, he came back seeing. That is a sermon in itself. <laughs> you, you, what does God do? He anoints our eyes every time when you come to the word of God. Okay. It is the anointing. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2 verse 20. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One that you know... The word for know is very interesting. The word for know in the Greek is ido, which is to see. <laughs> to perceive. So what opens your eyes is your anointing. So if you want to increase your opening of eyes, what should increase? Anointing. Simple. That is the reason why do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. How much more the Father in heaven will give you the Holy Spirit if only you ask? Is the anointing. 1 John chapter 2 again, verse 26 and 27. Hmm? Look at what it says. Hmm? So, the anointing over each one of our lives has to increase. Not only, just not only the person who is ministering, everybody's anointing has to keep on increasing so that our eyes keep on getting open. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you, but the anointing which you receive from him abides in you and you do not need anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and does not lie and is just as taught you, you will abide in him. Anointing. What does he tell <laughs> the Laodicean Church in Revelation chapter 3, verse 17? <laughs> chapter 3, verse 17. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and I need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, poor blind and naked. So what do I ask you to do? I counsel you to buy me, buy from me what? Gold refined in the fire. That you may be, that you may be rich. White garments, that you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may, may, may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eyesalve. That you may see. That you may see. So what does it, this guy do? He goes, he washes, and he comes back. And Warren B. S. W. puts it very interesting. He says there are two things he's done. By applying, by Jesus applying the oil, I mean the anointing his eyes with the clay, caused him irritation. What caused it? What caused to him? Irritation. And he, what, you know what, what Vorenvius, he says, he says, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Whenever you listen to the word, what does it, what does the Holy Spirit do? It irritates you actually. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, okay. Honestly. After hearing a word which really convicted you, how many of you were irritated or how many of you are so happy? Oh Lord, thank you Jesus, you spoke to me. Honest? To yourself. You okay? don't have to raise hands, okay? <laughs> you are basically irritated. You know, then he says, because you are irrit- irritated, it causes irritation, you need, immediately you need irrigation. <laughs> what is it? irrigation? Irrigation, you have to go and wash yourself immediately. So what does he do? He, this irritation is happening, so goes, washes, and he sees. That's exactly what we have to do progressively. When the word of God comes, what is God doing? He's applying it on your eyes, he's anointing on your eyes, go home, wash yourself, and then you will come back the next week seeing. Otherwise, you know, it'll be like a class first lecture you didn't understand second lecture first lecture you understand we understood one concept second lecture you didn't understand any concept third lecture bouncer 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 after that drop but in life i mean in courses is okay but what about us here no drop so he came back seen he just went he washed and he came back seen so So what do we do? After the conviction comes, we go. We wash ourselves. How do we wash ourselves? If anyone, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to uh, to forgive our sins. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sins. And then what does it do? The washing of water by the word sanctifies us and sets us apart so that we can come back seeing more. So the first step is simply, once you are irritated by the word of God, get irrigated by the word of God and by the blood of Jesus. Understand? Then, the next step. Let's go back now to John's gospel, chapter 9, verse 6 onwards. Let's read on, okay? And when he said these things, he spanned on, okay, so verse verse 8, verse 8 onwards, sorry, verse 8. Onwards, verse 8 onwards. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? That means he was just not a blind man. He was a blind beggar. Okay, That is exactly how we are. We were all blind beggars. Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. He said, I am he." No confusion. The problem of identification now. First is irritation. Irrigation. (laughs) identification. I am he. You know what? There is a visible change in his life. There's a visible change. I will tell you something. Salvation is not something which you cannot hide. If you have been really converted, if you have been really born again, it will show. Hari, this is Vijay. I knew Vijay five years back. Boy, such a fellow. Now he's become a little better. See? He's not like that. That should be your testimony. Are you the same Vijay? And sometimes, you know, when uh, when you're suddenly very nice with your with your spouse at home, what happened to you? Suddenly this changed, huh? What is going on? Huh? Uh, uh, Sir, so what is going on? Huh? You know, say there's a song in a movie song and Telugu, number, So I I changed. It shows. It shows in your family. It shows in the way you behave with your spouse, with your children, in the church, everywhere. It has a visible effect. Are you this for them? This was he says yes. I am the same fellow. <laughs> same guy. Now I'm not the same guy than then. I'm I've changed now. And go on, let's move on. Okay, yes still. And then some uh, verse 10. Therefore they said to him, "How were your eyes opened?" Testimony. Now look at this. What comes out of his mouth is testimony. Look at what he says. He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me. What, is, what does he call Jesus? A man. Ah, Underline that. First. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Chill. A man. A man called Jesus. Some man called Jesus. What did he do? He anointed my eyes. That's his testimony. That's how John knew that it was his testimony. He anointed my eyes. A man called Jesus, underline, and he said, "You know what? Go to the pool of Siloam and wash." You know, he didn't go into complex theological discourse. You know what happened to Adam? God formed him from the dust of the earth and breathed him into the very breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. No, 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 no. no. That is theology. This is testimony. This is witness. What did what he did to Adam is happening. It's happening, it's true in my own life. He has changed me. Now I can see a man called Jesus. Very simple testimony. Very simple. No complicated at all. See, I'll tell you something. There's a simplicity in the gospel. There's a simplicity. You know, the other day, I was, talk, we were, I was talking to the youth, the youth meeting. They were asking me, Anna, can you tell me practical steps as to how to be careful with all these sins? I said, simple. Four things. Okay? Doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayers. How many of you do it? Is it complicated? No. Is it very difficult? No. Do you do it? No. No, they need some 500 revelation and algorithm. This is a robotic scientist from IIT Kanpur. Oh, maybe he will give us some... No, 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 no. Everything simple, Baba. I don't want to make anything complicated for anybody. Do you make yourself accountable? Are you part of a group regularly? Everybody was quiet. Silence. You see, <laughs> Christianity is not difficult. That is what it says. I fear lest just as Satan deceived Eve by his subtlety and craftiness that your minds may not be turned away from the simplicity that is in Christ. Simplicity. What is his name? A man called Jesus. He said to me, what is, so what does he called, Jesus? A man. That is revelation number one. What's his name? Jesus is a man. You need to understand, Jesus is a man. There is one God. There is one mediator between God and man. What's his name? The man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. Job said, who can be a mediator between me and God, who can take me to court and, and uh, plead my cause and plead my case? The man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. Okay. He became man. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us and we beheld his glory. The first opening. He's a man. How did he? He was made like us in all things says Hebrews chapter 2. In all things he was, he became like his brethren so that he can be merciful. And a compassionate high priest, not according to the order of Aaron, but according to the order of Melchizedek. And he was tempted and he overcame. He tempted and he did not sin. Therefore, he is able to help those who are also going through temptations and trials. That is God with us. He is a man. Man. The man, Christ Jesus. That's the first thing. So let, let me tell you something. If you are going through a sin that you are not able to overcome, God, you do not understand the power of my sin. Let me tell you something. The person who resists sin and says no to sin, does he have, does he know more, does he understand more of the power of the sin or the person who succumbs to sin? No, 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 you're wrong. That's the point. Let me tell you something. I'll give you an example. One preacher. I don't want to name, mention the name. I don't even want to call him any, any, another title, okay? One preacher said this. Two people, two businessmen went on a business trip. Okay, they were staying in a hotel. Both of them were tempted by, they had trouble marriages, okay. They were tempted by another woman. One fellow said, she came, tempted him. He said, you know what, my wife, my marriage is such a trouble. Next day he gave into temptation. And the other guy, he said, you know what, yes, my marriage is in trouble, but I will not succumb to this temptation. Day number one. Day number two. Day number 3, day number 4, day number 5, day number 6, day number 7 and they went out of the from the hotel. Tell me who understood the power of sin more? The guy who succumbed or the guy who resisted? Resisted. See, the guy who succumbs to sin has no clue what the power of sin is. You see, people say "No, you have to experience all this to know what it is. Nonsense. He understand. He was a man who was tempted in all areas just like us. And he did not sin. And therefore, he is able to become a merciful high priest. And so we can also be tempted in all areas and not sin. Do you have the revelation that Jesus is a man? That is the reason why we don't look unto. Moses, we don't look unto uh, Abel or anybody. Looking unto we have this cloud of witnesses, but we look unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faiths. He is the man. He became man, he understood what it is. We look unto him and not to any man. He is the guy who understands what it is to be tempted and not to sin. Do you understand the power of temptation? Kelly, let me tell you something. The per- person who overcomes and never succumbs to it understands the power. You think Joseph was a person who understood the power of sin or of wife? Joseph. <laughs> Joseph. Understand this, my brothers. He became man. He became man. He became a merciful high priest. So many things about that. Meditate upon that. God was a man. And he became he. A position lower than us. And he was tempted in every position, but he did not sin. Jesus, the man. Let's move on. 9. Chapter 13. They brought him to the formerly uh brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his no, they, this, is, this is how he irritates the ruling class. So he irritates them because they also have to get irrigated. Okay? But the problem is they never want to get irrigated. We are clean. We are people of clean. We have Abraham as our father. Don't say that Abraham is your father. God is able to turn these stones into Abraham. If they don't worship, what is going to, who is going to worship? These Stones are going to worship. No, Chuck Missler. No, we went to, went to <laughs> Jerusalem. And when he came back, he got one stone mm-hmm. from Jerusalem. And he put it in his office. Okay. And next day he took it to the class and he put a stone in the class. Everybody was looking at that stone. And he said, uh, What is that stone, sir? That is the stone which I got from Jerusalem. If they wouldn't have praised, this fellow would have praised. That's the reason why we sing that song, no? Ain't no? Oh, rock. That's a modern song, but it's nice. Ain't no rock. Gonna cry in. As long as I'm alive, I will glorify His holy name. So, brought him blind. Now it was Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened His eyes. And the Pharisees also asked Him how He had received sight. He said to them, look at this. He put, ah, you don't, you guys don't understand anointing. He just applied clay you guys are not interested. If you understand anointing, you will understand that he is the anointed one. He is the anointed one. The anointing of God rests on his life. What do you want? You are not interested. What does he say to the others? He anointed my eyes. What does he say here? He applied application anointing. What do you want? He put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see, Pharisees had a problem. They could not see. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says something about the Pharisees. Verse 30 onwards. And in general, to everybody who rejects the word of God. Therefore I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see. Hearing they do not hear. Nor do they understand in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled which says, Hearing you will not hear, shall not understand. Seeing you will not see, not perceive. And the hearts of the people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes, who has closed? They have closed! No, we do not want to accept this as a messiah. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Look at what it says. What is the spirit behind here? What is, what is, what is the governing spirit that these eyes are not able to see? Look at what it says in Romans chapter 11 verses 8, 7 and 8. Romans chapter 11 verses 7 and 8. Hmm? Look at what it says. Seven and eight. Romans chapter 11, verses seven and eight. So. Eleven, seven and eight. Okay. Okay. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it. Ah, huh? who has obtained? I told you, no. The election. Okay. The elect have obtained it and the rest were Blinded, why were they blinded? Look at what it says. Just as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor. Other KJ will use the word, their spirit of slumber. Eyes that they should not see, ears that they do not hear. To this very day. Now I'll tell you honestly, you know, if you fall asleep in a meeting, you have to question yourself. If you're tired. And you did work or you worked in the whole night. Once in a while it happens, it's a different thing. But it is regularly happening, happening. Did you do it for a movie? Oh no, 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 no. You dedicate your eyes for the movie. You know, in Telugu, it's a good look. You know, there's a fantastic What What is goodloo? Means your, your eyeballs have been dedicated to the screen. They're locked in. Is what you call a target missile. No? They're locked in. They will not change. That is the reason why we have sayings in our, in our, in our culture. Guru mukhasya vidya alabhyate. Guru mukhasya Not Zoom mukhasya. <laughs> Not YouTube that is, that is the reason why the gathering of saints is important, Baba. If you want to listen to teachings, go to the, go online. You'll find hundreds and hundreds of teachers better than me. Why do we come to the teaching of the word of God? Because where two or three are gathered in my name, my presence is that we hear. Do you have the presence when you hear the word of God in your, in your YouTube screen? No! I listen to all those people, but I only get teaching. I don't get, I don't get edified the way I am get edified when I come to a meeting. That is the reason why I don't miss one meeting when I was working and not working. I have never changed. Okay. Understand? Spirit of stupor. You have to question yourself if you are falling asleep. It means you are not interested in God. Not the teaching. You have to come with a prepared heart, my dear brothers. Look at what it says in Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 1 onwards. Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 1 onwards. If you return, O Israel, says the Lord, return to me. And if you will put away your abomination out of my sight, then you will not be moved. And then go on. And you shall swear the Lord lives. Verse 3. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. What happened to the seed? They were sown among thorns and why didn't they become fruitful? Because the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the pleasures of this life choked the world and it did not come to fruition. So what should you do? Verse 4. Circumcise yourself therefore. And take away the foreskins of your heart. What is breaking of your fallow ground? Lord, remove these thorns from my, from my heart, Lord. All this pleasure. In other words, put away all those web series. Put away all that, all those things. Remove all that before you come to the word of God on on Sunday morning or whenever you're coming. Lord, prepare me, prepare me, prepare me. So I was, I was praying on, on that day just before the pastor's conference and the, and the believers conference. I was saying, Lord, let me come under your anointing, Lord. Let your anointing touch me a lot. I want to receive the anointing today because it's a special meeting for the pastors. Do you come like, like that, Prepare to a meeting? Prepare. Circumcise yourselves. Yes, I will circumcise. But you have to. I do it in cooperation with you, Baba. See, you have to obey the will of God. Complete the sentence. From your heart. It's not, okay, I'll do it. Oh, pastor will come to me and say, why did you not come to the meeting? <laughs> By the way, pastor never asked me in all these 13 years when I was with him. Even if I missed one meeting, he never asked. He never asks. You see. Okay, let's move on. Lest my fury come forth. So prepare your heart. Circumcise you. Why are you not able to see? Because there's a spirit of stupor. There's a spirit of slumber. And that's exactly what has happened to the entire world. They're drunk. They're drunk in pleasure. They're still watching Netflix. And what is happening? Everybody's dying left, right and center. They are shut in watching Netflix. You see, this is, this is, that's what it says. In the last days, perilous times, the words, word actually in Greek means stressful times will come. Men will be lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. I remember, you know, that Eli Weasel story. Eli Weasel, the guy who was from a Holocaust, the Holocaust survivor, he was being taken in the train to Auschwitz to be, to be slaughtered in the, in the, in the concentration camp. You know what is happening? The train is packed with Jewish people. Packed with youngsters, packed with babies and they are going and they know that this is the last ride to their death. You know what they are doing? Oh my goodness, we are going to die now. Let us fornicate and let us enjoy ourselves one times before we die. And they were all fornicating before their death. Before they died, they were fornicating in they died. Love of of pleasure. Hila says, my goodness, you are going to your grave. And what are you doing? One last taste of pleasure before I die. One last cigarette before I die. Bucket list. What is bucket list? Before I kick the bucket, I have to watch this. What stupidity, my dear brothers. What stupidity? People are dying left, right and center. What has happened? There is a spirit of stupor and we can't see. We can't see. So whenever we come together, what is there? The power of God is there to heal. Do you believe it? Let's move on. See, (laughs) this was a response to... (laughs) This message actually is actually a response to... My response, if if not all, everybody's response is my response to the teaching of which she received yesterday and day before before yesterday. I, I mean, I'm never received teaching like that in all my 13 years. And I'm not exaggerating. This was a pastor's conference par excellence. I've never heard somebody pray, Lord, if I'm a stumbling block, remove me. That is something which stunned me. I'm telling you, I said, Lord, I want to take my life seriously. I don't want to play games here. No, 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 no. Okay. Let the sword remain in our hearts. All silent. But we have to examine our hearts. Do we see? See, they all were discussing the miracle, but the miracle was not a miracle. It was a sign. They were forgetting the message. Then what happens? John's Gospel chapter 9, verse 16. Hmm. And the Pharisees also, yeah, 16, yeah. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. (laughs) Do you know what Sabbath is? Do you have any idea what it is? They cannot explain. Okay, we are not going to go into the details of Sabbath. Okay, we have got, we have to finish this. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do, do such things? And there was a, let me tell you something when you are living an authentic christian life and your life is a witness there is always going to be division very few people will be indifferent let me tell you something very few people will be indifferent you know what it says in uh when uh, you know what it says in uh, uh derek prince said a very powerful statement he says whenever the holy spirit comes he will electrify the fence I love that. Whenever the Holy Spirit comes, what does he do? He electrifies the fence because whoever is in the fence either will fall this side or that side. No more Godamidapilli. No go peace. Nobody, no, no cat on cat on the wall. I am in indi- I am decisive. That's exactly what he says in Luke's Gospel chapter 12. Verses 51 onwards. 51 onwards. Okay. It says, Do you think I came to bring peace? I tell you not at all. But rather, division. From now on, five in one house will be divided. Three against? Two? Two against? Three? My goodness. It's an odd number. <laughs> father will be divided against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter. We are not talking about uh, the daughter-in-law, mother-in-law issues that we have in our culture. You will say, Lakshmi? No, 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 no. I don't have any issues with the mother-in-law. She treats me as my daughter. Okay. Once you start believing in the Lord, the division will come. It will come. See, very few people will be different. When you begin to witness to God about the work of God in your lives, there will always be a division. That's exactly what happened. Some people believed. Some people mocked. Some people said, okay, next time we will hear. You know what One Paul said? Okay, I'm getting out of this place. And those people who believed, what did they do? They followed Paul. There's a division. Every time the word of God comes, there is a division. And if it is not dividing us and circumcising and cutting our hearts, it is we are not coming out of the anointing then. People are planning. What are they doing? Planning. Tomorrow we'll go to such and such a place. We'll do and this and that. What are you supposed to actually talk about? What are you supposed to search for? You have to search for the will of God. You have to search for the will, if the Lord wills. Is that the will of God for your life? Do you know? The career choices that you're taking? The marriage partners you're choosing? Is that the will of God? I absolutely sure? If somebody can, can ask you, we'll come and tell you, tell you, brother, is this the will of God for your life? I don't know. Tukka marron? No? There's no tukka in the kingdom of God. It works, it works. It fails, it fails. No? There's no randomness in the kingdom of God. Everything is deterministic. That is my statement. Okay, you can... (laughs) I'll patent that. Of course, I copied it from engineering lab, so it's okay. So, very few people will be indifferent. And then what happens? Let's, Let's go to John's Gospel chapter 9 and verse 17. Look at this, guys. Next verse. Just verse 17, okay? Just put verse 17. They said to the blind man again, okay. they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, oh, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. Not he's no longer a man now. He's a prophet. How do you know he's a prophet? You know what? When they were discussing about me, the disciples were discussing about me, I heard him. He knows exactly what I, what I went through. He knows exactly where I come from. He knows exactly what goes on in my heart. He knows me. He is a prophet. Let me tell you, my, my dear brothers and sisters, God, the Lord knows you. Do you know that God has got a prophetic gaze? He knows you. You can't hide from Him, whether good or bad. He knows you. He knows the struggles that you are going through. Not, my, other people may not understand. I may not understand. Some of the some of the uh, the questions and answers that I get, I say, Lord, what are these struggles of people? I cannot understand this. But there's one God who understands everybody. I know you, boy. You know the disciples are making my 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 problem into a my 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 sickness into a theological discussion. And you know what? He shut their mouths and he discussed about me. We, he was he not a, is he not a prophet? Is he not a prophet? He's not just a man. He's a prophet. He knows me. He knows my struggles. He knows my weaknesses. He is acquainted with each and every minute of my life. Detail of my life. He knows me. He's a man. He's a prophet. The eyes are getting bigger and bigger and bigger now. See, prophets are dangerous. That's what they said. No, who are these fellows? Two, two witnesses. No, remember two witnesses in Revelation chapter eleven. Who, who are who are these? Who are these fellows who have come to torment us? Hmm? Torment us. Prophets torment. That's the reason that people hated prophets. They hated them. They hated Jeremiah. They wanted to kill him. They hated him. Why? Because. It reveals, they have the prophetic gaze. I'll show you. I'll show you one example. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 8. And, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Hazel, Hazel. Second Kings chapter 8 verse 10. See, uh, Peter, Peter, Sam and I and Dr. Richard are permanent uh, occupants of this place. Okay. Uh, we are the constants, except for Dr. Richard. He's constant here. Like, you know, absent in the body, but present in the spirit. Okay. Elisha uh, said to him, Go said to him, you shall clearly, cert- sorry, certainly recover how the Lord has shown me that he will really die. And then, then he sat and he set his countenance in a stare. Elisha is looking at this guy, Hazael, staring at him until he was ashamed. And the man of God started weeping. You know what happens next verse? Hazael said, why is my Lord weeping? He answered, because I know the evil that you will do to the children of Israel. Their strongholds you will set on fire, their young men you will kill with a sword, and you will dash their children and rip open their women with child. <laughs> Look at me. Look at, me. Look at me. Verse, verse thirteen. And I said, But what is your servant? A dog? He knows what you're planning. You know, all the thoughts that goes goes on in your mind, all the details. That is the reason why it says on that day, God, according to my gospel, will judge the secrets of men's hearts through the man Jesus Christ. He will judge the secrets of men's hearts, the intents of the hearts will be judged. Every intention, every word that I've spoken. What was the intent behind the words? Whom did I think when I spoke, a, spoke a word in my, in a, in my message? That will be dangerous. Abhijay, you said this, it was right, but you had this fellow in mind. No Lord, no, 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 no. See, let your intentions be clean. Everything will be judged. He knows. That's a that's a, a positive and there's a negative. What is the what is the, what, is the, what is the positive? The, the positive part I'll say. John's Gospel chapter 4, verse 16. Mm-hmm. John's Gospel onwards, okay? 16 onwards. Yeah? Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. Verse 17. She said, I don't have a husband. Verse 18, had for you have had five husbands, and the one which you have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. And verse 19, the woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. You know me. And she runs. She runs and says, Boy, how can you know unless he's a prophet? you see this is such an important aspect of a of, of a church this is so 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 critical if you turn with me to first corinthians chapter 14 every church has to be built upon the on the i mean when we are when prophesying exactly if you turn with me to first corinthians chapter 14 verses 24 and 25 if you can put it in the niv it'll be great 24 and 25 niv first corinthians chapter 14 verses 24 and 25 but if an unbeliever or, a, or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody is prophesying. He will be convinced by all that he is a sinner, and he'll be judged by all. And then what happens? And the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down, and what will really he do? Worship God. That's the reason why I said the case study of a worshiper. I'm coming to the climax, okay? So don't doze off before the climax, okay? So he will fall down and worship God, excla- exc- exclaiming, "God is really among." a prophet he is a prophet that's the second revelation let's go back now Joshua chapter 9 verse 18 but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been born blind and received the sight until they called the parents of him who had received the sight so see the problem is this now they do not want to believe the truth someone has changed then they can't digest it you know that's that's how exactly so many so many people are no they they know the word of god God says homosexuality is an, abo- is an abomination. Oh, but God loves everybody. He loves homosexuals. Yes, he loves homosexuals, but he does not approve of homosexuality. Male and female, period. <clears throat> Suddenly brothers become sisters. Wichowski brothers are unbelievable. Wichowski brothers have become Wichowski sisters. But God says, you know what? It's an abomination. But they don't want to... They want to, they want to twist the scripture. Somebody says, no, if you torture a text, it will confess to anything. If you (laughs) torture a text, it will (laughs) confess to anything. So that's exactly what they're trying to do with this man. They're going to do whatever it takes to change his testimony. We don't want this testimony. This fellow, that fellow, this fellow. You see, that is the e- that is evil intent of our... How can this fellow change? How can this fellow change? How can this fellow change? He <laughs> so Was 19? So they called their parents and they asked him saying, is this your son whom you say was born blind? How then does he know, does he now see? His parents answered and said, we know that he is our son and that he was born blind. But what, by, by what means he now sees, we do not know. I'm telling you, you know something, parents if you can take this stand for your children is great. Leave them alone. Once they know God. Let God take care of them. It's, it's amazing. But what means? He now sees we do not know. Or what opened his eyes? We do not know. He is, oh I love that. He's of age. Oh he's of age now. The problem is not many people have come to age. That's what it says. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature. That the word of the same for was stature. Have you come of age? Ephesians are four. You know, in my family, when our, uh, our family gathers, our Itokotas, when they gather, this is our favorite verse. In our family meetings, this is our favorite verse: Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven. No, <laughs> my Padnana he he puts all the family two people together, and he says, "This is the verse that you have to, I mean, you have to meditate on for eleven <coughs> verse seven onwards." It was he who gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Why? To prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Until, okay, actually, this is NIV, right? Yeah, change it to KJV. I'm so sorry. Change it to KJV. Yeah, verse 13. Yeah. Uh, till we uh, come to the unity of the faith and knowledge to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's come now. First, he understood God as what? Man. Second, he understood as a prophet. Boy, he can speak. about himself he has come of age look at what it says about uh, in hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 okay i love it hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 by faith moses when he became of age he came of age refused to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter what did he do because of that choosing rather to suffer i like that now you'll see this guy he's willing to suffer for his testimony Choosing to suffer, rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Verse 25, 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ and greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is... Now think about it. This, did Jesus? This, this man see Jesus till now? No! Till now know Jesus. He knows about a man called Jesus. A prophet called Jesus. That's the reason why he says, "Thomas, you see and you believe." Blessed are those Indians who will, especially malus. Okay, blessed are those malus who will not see and also believe. Whom, whom having not seen, yet you believe and are filled with what exceedingly inexpressible joy and that is full of glory. Two Sundays back, listen to the message. I've never heard that explanation, that kind of an explanation in my entire life. You see, when you are looking at me like strange people. I also sat there, Baba. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then they say, which is the famous actor everybody knows? Ma. Okay. Danda chahiye, na? Okay. So he says, he's come of age. Have you come of age? Can you make decisions for yourselves? Like pastor says, no, it is pastor's conviction. Are are those convictions your convictions? Daniel's conviction, did it become their conviction? Absolutely. Initially, Daniel took a stand. They also took a stand along with Daniel. Daniel was taken out of the way and they also stood by those convictions. What what happened to them? They came of age. I'm not going to budge, guys. I'm not going to change my testimony. Look at what it says, this guy. Go back to John's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 24. This is very interesting. (laughs) Okay, verse 24. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give glory to God. I mean, whenever you read that word, give glory to God, where did this particular phrase appear before in the Bible? Yes, Vita. Yes, exactly in the book of Joshua when they called Achan. Give glory to God. Remember? Give glory to God. Tell the truth. Nothing but the truth. I am telling you the truth. You don't want to hear the truth. You see, this is all the tactics of the enemy. Will this fellow change his testimony? You know what? He has come of age now. He is not going to change his testimony. He is not going to change his testimony. Look at what it says. Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. They are trying to put words in it. This is what we call as a leading question. You understood my question, right? That's a leading question. That's what, that's what happens in a, co, in a court of law. Objection, Your Honor. That was a leading question. Sustained. <laughs> it was a leading question. Give God, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. And then... And he answered, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, once I was blind, now I see. I'm not going to change my testimony, Baba. Then they said to him, What did he do to you? Converting you, giving you money. That's what they tell us, no? You're giving money, converting. Are you Papa? If that is possible, if that is possible. I don't want such convergence. What did he do to you? How did you open your eyes? He answered, I told you already. And you do not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you? Also, notice that. That means what? I'm already a disciple now. I'm already a disciple. I'm not going to change. I picked up my cross. I've counted the cost. I've come of age. I am not going to turn back on my testimony. Do you also want to become his disciples? They reviled him and said, You are his disciple. That is exactly what people will do. They will revile you. And they will call all kinds of evil against you. For my namesake. And what should you do? Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. If you are disciples of Moses. And he says, we know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, that's exactly what they told about Moses. This fellow, Moses, we don't know what happened to him. We do not know where he's from. The man answered and said, why? This is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he's from. And yet he has opened my eyes. I am not going to change my testimony, Baba. My eyes have been opened, period. And he did it. Do we have such strong convictions? I want to show you an example of a guy in the old covenant who had such strong convictions and he will not budge. No matter how much of inducing happens to him. You can put a lie detector test also. Nothing's going to happen. He's not going to change his testimony. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 8 onwards. Yeah. David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So, so Uriah departed from the king's house and a gift of food from the king followed him. Gift of food. This is what we call as induction. Inducing seduction. of food from the king's table. That's what he says. Whatever comes from the king's table, what should you do? If you are a man given to appetite, put a knife. Okay? Put a knife. Okay? I'm looking at my daughter, but she's ignoring me. Okay? Put a knife. <laughs> put a knife. <laughs> put a knife. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord. And What? Did not go to his house. Uh, What am am I? I am Uriah the Hittite. Once upon a time, I was a Hittite. What does Hittite mean? I was a terrorized fellow. I was under the spirit of fear. But God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of what? Sound mind. I am not going to change, period. Even if it is you, David. That's what it says. Even if I or an angel from heaven comes and preaches another gospel to you, let him be accursed. Even if it's David. As long as David follows God, I will follow you. And if you do not follow God, I will not follow you. Because David's convictions have become my convictions. You know, remember the Rechabites? Oh, come on, come on, come on. Jeremiah? <laughs> to give him to the house of the Lord. Come on. He poured wine. Come on. What is it? McDonald's, huh? McDowells. I don't know names. Okay. McDowells. Vodka. Smirnoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because in our hostel, they used to drink like idiots and they used to puke the whole day. I'm talking about IIT. Okay. It has not happened in some local college. <laughs> and you go to the toilet, the whole toilet is full of puke. That's unbelievable. Okay. all the time. That is the reason why they get ideas. <laughs> 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 Hallucination, Baba. <laughs> you know, you should see some of the guys who come from IIT they write some excellent scripts. You know where they where they got it from. Ah. nasha. So Rakhabites, drink? They say no. <laughs> no, Baba. One day our father Rakhab said, When did he die, Baba? Several generations ago. He is dead and gone. That's it. That conviction has stayed with us and we are not going to change. You're going to torture me and get a different answer out of me. Okay? A lot of people do it. They torture the scripture and it will confess to anything. God loves me and he loves me and he loves me and lovingly you will go to hell. That's what he says. The kindness of God and the severity of God. Understand therefore. So what happens? Uriah? Drink? He doesn't go. Next day, the king comes and pours more wine and asks him to go. He doesn't go. He stays back in the house. He will not go. Look at his answer. Verse verse 11. I love this verse. Look at that statement. It should have hit David, my dear brothers. David should have been cut to his heart. The ark and the Israel and Judah are dwelling tents. What are you doing, David, first of all? What are you doing, David? And my Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go to my house and eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. You know what David says? I cannot persuade this fellow. Go to, Let him be sent to the very intense part of the battlefield and let him be struck down and let him die. But this fellow is not going to change his testimony. What is his name now? Uriah he died. What does Uriah mean? Uriah. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be? Should I, shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my right hand. Whom shall I be afraid? He has overcome the spirit of fear and God's convictions has become his convictions. David's convictions has become his convictions and he's not going to change his testimony because he has come off age. Have you come off age? Alright. Let's go back to the last part. Pastor gave me permission. So, I am using all those uh, privileges, Pastor. (laughs) John's Gospel chapter 9, verse 28. And we are going to finish, okay? And he answered, I told you already. And you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Verse 28. Then they reviled and sent him out. Verse 29. Yeah, 29 onwards. Yeah. And we know that God spoke to Moses. Verse 30. The man answered and said, He has opened my eyes. Verse 31. And now... Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a, what? Worshipper of God and does his will, he hears him. Look at the way his progression is changing. This man was first a man, he is a prophet, okay, he is a worshipper of God and he does his will. Now what, who told him all this, Papa? Who told him? Jesus said to the disciples, I have come to do my father's will. My food is to eat the father's, uh, do the Father's will. The disciples don't know this revelation. Since the world began, it has been unheard that anyone opened the eyes of the blind, a man who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. That means he is a man who is sent from God. They answered and said, you are completely born in your sins. Are you teaching us? And then they cast him out. Now look at this. Next verse. Jesus heard, That he cast him out. And when he found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? See that? First, what? The man. Second, prophet. Third, a worshipper of God who does his will. Fourth, the Son of God. You are the Son of God. The Christos. Who got the revelation? Nathaniel God? Peter God. And this now, he's gonna get that revelation. Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Jesus said, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking to you. Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Eyes have completely opened. Now he knows Jesus. He's standing right beside him now. What does he do now? He worships him. Why? never says, what? Your will is to do the will of the Father. My will is to do your will. If anyone wills to do his will, then he will know if my teaching is of me or if I speak from God. Verse 38, 39, and we can stop. For judgment I have come into the world. For those who do not see, <laughs> may see. And those who see, May be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said, they understood the message finally. But they will not change. Are we blind also? Now they understood what actually blindness is, not physical blindness. Are we blind also? And you know what he says? Jesus says, Jesus said, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see. Therefore, your sin remains. And you'll go into your darkness. But you know what Jesus says: If we confess, He's faithful. That is the reason why you know what He broke His body. He broke His body for our sin. I don't want to. I'll finish today because we have communion. You see, He broke His body so that we might see. That's exactly what happened to the disciples. Their eyes were restrained. They were having a theological discussion. And when at the breaking of bread, what happens? Their eyes are open and they are able to see. So this morning, do you know Jesus as a man, as a prophet, as a worshipper, sent from God, as as a son of God who died for you so that we can be made reconciled to God, so that we might see. Seeing his progressive, my dear brothers, let us continue to see. Let us ask God so that he will open our eyes even more so that he can, we can see him even more. Until we come and say, Lord, woe is me, I'm a sinner. I'm a man who's got unclean lips. I'm gone. You know what is God going to do? He's going to touch your lips. He's going to take away your sin. He's going to purge you from your iniquity. And he's going to commission you, send you into his vineyard to be a witness of his resurrection. Pastor James, would you come and lead us? Father, this morning we
1: just come to you. We have heard your word. We too were once blind, but now we see. But Lord, there is so much more to see. Before the knowledge of God, we are like children at the seashore with a cup of water and thinking we have emptied the ocean. Sometimes, Lord, when we read the word, we hear the word, we ask ourselves, do I really see? But for this reason you came, that we would see. We would see the glory of the Father. Because you said to your disciples, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. For one purpose you came to reveal the Father to us. For you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through you. Help us to see the Father, Lord. Help us to see you. Even as we partake of the emblems of your body. That was broken for us. The blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. I pray father. We will see. I pray father there will be healing in the body of Christ. Spiritual healing. Physical healing. At a time like this Lord. I pray so many are not able to come. Around the table. You have given us the privilege to come around the table. And everywhere where people are. Partaking of the communion, Lord. I pray for those who are sick in the body during this pandemic. Whatever that sickness may be. I pray, Father. Oh, the broken body and the blood that was shed will bring healing, Father. Healing and peace. For it is written, by your stripes, we were healed. already done 2,000 years ago. Already done. And I pray by faith people will receive it. And that the blood gives us immunity. Oh Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. How much we thank you, it will be never enough for what you did for us, Lord. The life you lived, the scorn you took, and the price you paid. We just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you. We bless you, Lord. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This afternoon as we close, Pastor Vijay was talking about the opening of eyes. A blind man who could see better than all the Pharisees put together. No? And we know, we have heard it, that... On the road to Emmaus, they constrained him. Jesus walked with them, but he restrained their eyes so they could not see. He spoke to them, but they really didn't understand. Their hearts were on fire, they did not understand. But we know when they understood it was when he broke the bread. When he broke the bread, that's when their eyes opened and they knew it was the Lord. We always get it. We sometimes misunderstand it. God because he wants us to know him better, puts us through tough situations. Okay? We may go through real painful experiences. That does not mean we see him. Our tough situations should bring brokenness in us. Okay? It should brokenness. And usually we, we are broken by our experiences. That does not open our eyes. It still does not open our eyes. The only time our eyes will be really opened is when we are broken by what we have done to Him. Okay, that's when our eyes open. Usually, because all around the world people are broken because of what they are going through. That doesn't mean they see. See. We are, see, Peter's eyes opened, and the first thing he said is not, Lord, depart from me. I am a sinful man. What does it mean? He's actually agonizing over what he has done to God. Okay. Till then, our eyes don't open. We are broken over the consequences of our sin, not what we cost God. It's only when we are able to see what it cost to God our eyes starts. Open. Then only we will be able. Otherwise it's still in our physical eyes when we say he's fairest of 10,000 to my soul. What does it mean? What does it really mean? It doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean anything. We're talking about like in our physical world, somebody tall, handsome, he's so beautiful. It's not what it means. It's only when we see what our sin cost him. And he was willing to pay the price for it. We see he's beautiful. Then he is beautiful to my soul. Then he is beautiful to my soul. Okay. Then only we will be able to see the beauty of him. And every time we go through that, you know, we see him better and better and better. Okay. That's progressive. We progressive, you know. And like that portion in Romans, you know, when we were yet his enemies, sinners, enemies of God powerless. The Bible says he died for us. It's stunning. We were God's enemies. We were powerless. We were even sinners we don't understand. We don't understand sinners. Right? Because unless you have we have a revelation of how holy God is, we don't ever understand how sinful we are. We will never understand sin until we have a revelation of God's holiness. God's holiness. We will not understand. Oh, you are a sinner, I am a sinner, we are all sinners, we are okay with it, we are a bunch of sinners sitting together. Until Jesus comes in. And Jesus doesn't reveal his holiness to everybody. He didn't reveal his holiness. Only few people understood his holiness and their response is, leave. Please go away from me, I am a sinner. Isaiah the prophet, right? Right? Tiny vision of God and he says, I'm undone. I'm undone. No. It's revelation. That's when our eyes open and that causes brokenness and we see him and we appreciate him better. Because all are going through pain that please don't misunderstand. Because we go through pain, it doesn't mean we are broken. We are not broken. We are miserable. We are not broken. <laughs> Misery is not equal to brokenness. Okay. So honestly, we need to pray, Lord, if you can handle it, Lord, can you show me what I'm doing to you? Can you show me what you you are doing to me? Like I, I said, this real story of a pastor. You no. Know? His son was incorrigible. Doesn't matter what the father said, what the father punished him. He still went and did his own thing. Not a big fellow or something, a young teenager. Then the father finally decided, you know what, there's only one way I can teach him. So I called him to his study. He took his belt off. The boy thought, I'm going to get another whipping. He, he said, no. This time you're going to obey me. He gave the belt to him and said, you are going to whip me. You're going to whip me. For disobeying me, you're going to whip me. He said, you are going to do it hard. This time the boy had to whip his father. With tears flowing down his face, he whipped his father and and stopped only when his father said stopped. And then the boy crying, ran out of the study. And after that, he never disobeyed his father. That's exactly what God said. I tried everything with you. Now you're going to whip my son on the cross. You're going to whip him. Did he do anything wrong? No. We did. You're going to whip him. You're going to spit on him. You're going to nail him on the cross. And after that, if you still keep doing what you want to do, it's nothing more I can do. Nothing more I can do. That is the brokenness of Peter. The brokenness of Peter. He's so ashamed. He still goes back fishing. He's so this, You know what I did? He said, okay, all these things. But you know what? I cannot go back. What did I do to him? Because we look at all that we are going through, the pain we are going through, don't ever think that brings brokenness. Okay, That's what the Bible says, he who falls upon the rock will be broken. Then our eyes are opened. Sometimes we need to ask God, can you please show me? We always say, Lord, do you know what is happening to me? Change your prayer. Lord, can you show what I am doing to you? Because when our children do stuff, they think, and we punish them, we think they think we hurt them. They don't realise they hurt the parents carry. The hurt parents carry. I mean righteous parents who understand righteousness and holiness. You know, it's not that we are offended because our name has been messed up. No. God is not offended. His name we have messed up for 6,000 years. But the grief of God, like you know, grief of God when he talks to David, said on Saturday, the grief of God. I told everybody, I boasted. You see, when I was saying yesterday, when uh, Samuel told Saul, uh, God has found another man, a man after his own heart. All of the universe heard, the angelic host heard, man after God's own heart. And when that man after God's son did what he did, you know what the demonic host was mocking a man after your own heart. Look at him, what he's doing. You know what God told him? You made my name. You messed up. You, not Saul, you. I boasted about you. Everybody heard what I said about you. So, these are the only things that will change us. We are still looking inward. We are not looking at him. We are looking at what is happening to us, the consequences of our sin and all that. It's not. Even that is not going to change us. That is just like a kid who fears the cane and obeys God obeys his father but after an age the father is not going to gain him and then he goes the way he wants to go we have to change we have to look at what we do to him and if you think god does not hurt still does not hurt we haven't understood it. we hurt because god made us in his image we feel pain because god made us in his image so if we feel pain what is his pain What is his pain? God grieves. Bible says when the whole Noah's time, God was grieved in his heart. You know, parents will sometimes when they see this, their own children going wonky, alcoholic, what do that mother say? I wish I had never given birth to you. Isn't that what God said? He grieved that he had made man. He grieved he had made man. What a grief is that? When we are crying over one child, he's crying over all of humanity grieved. And what is the grief? See, we let us imagine you are a father, a child went wonky. He's not turning. That alone is not the grief. Second grief is if you have to execute your child because you are righteous. You think God was laughing when the flood was happening? That's why he told the women of Jerusalem, don't weep for me. <laughs> don't weep for me. Weep for yourself. Because that's, a, that's what God, God has to judge. Because he's holy and righteous. No? And when we look at those things, our eyes start opening. That's what it means. He took the bread. The bread is our the body of Christ. That's the church. He blessed it. We love it. We want our lives in his hands. We want him to bless us. Then we take it back. And we don't really see. Most Christians end there. They only want it to end. Take me, bless me, and leave me. The Bible says he broke it. And when he broke it, their eyes opened. Then he gave it away. Then the Bible says everybody was satisfied. That's what God is saying. So this morning, as we come, as we close... Let's look to the Lord. Father, we just come to you, Lord. Much, if not all of our struggles that we go through, it's not because of what we go through. It's because we do not see you. With chains around his feet and fetters around his neck. Joseph was able to endure 13 years of slavery and life in a dungeon because he was able to see you with him. All that we go through would be nothing if our eyes were to be open to that promise and it promise is our reality that you are with us. That you never leave us, ever leave us. Oh father, I pray. That eyes would be open to that reality, that you are with us. That Paul's testimony would be our testimony. Everyone abandoned me. At my first defense, no one was there. Everyone abandoned me, but the Lord was with me. Fully our eyes were opened. That you never leave us. Even when we sin. You don't leave us. You stand beside and you grieve. You hurt. You weep. But you do not leave us. Because your word says. Even when we are unfaithful. You are still faithful. You cannot leave us. Because your word is for our Settled in the heavens. Help us to see, help us to see that you have never left us, never, ever left us. That when we were sinning, you must have turned your face away, but you never left us. You have never forsaken us. Never. You have never forsaken a child. The only child that was ever forsaken was your own child, Jesus. Oh Father, open our eyes. That we may truly see the beauty of your unfailing love for us. Your mercy. Your kindness. That when it comes to us, you set no boundaries. Whosoever you said. Whosoever. When it comes to your spirit, you set no boundaries. It gives the spirit without measure. Oh, about your spirit said, my spirit shall fall upon all flesh. No boundaries. Age is not a issue, old men and young men. But we set boundaries. For the same God says, I stand at your door and knock. Only one can set the boundary. We set the boundary. We tell God, thus far and no more. We set that boundary. We shut that door. We left you outside. Today, if the Lord is knocking at your heart, when heart of a person in the church, Lavadish is a church, and God is speaking to somebody in the church, I'm still outside, still knocking. I haven't left you. I haven't left you. I'm knocking at the door. And if you open the door, I and my Father will come in and will suffer with you. As Elsa prayed, today is the fifth month. Five is the number of grace. Believe today is a day of grace. The Lord is knocking at your heart. Would you open your heart today? And say Lord I'm really really sorry Forgive me Lord I want to open my heart Come in Lord Sup with me Sup with me Lord My eyes were On my problems My eyes were on my pleasures And I didn't know I didn't want to hear That knocking on my door Today I let you in. Come in Lord. Take Lordship. Be enthroned in my life. Come in Lord. Cleanse me out from inside out. I can do, I can't do it. The pastors can't do it. No prayers can do it. Only you can do it. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Clean me out Lord. Please clean me out. That I can see. Come, Lord Jesus, sup with us. The service will end now, and we'll all go home. But this time, Lord, we want you to come with us. We want to come, you you to come along with us, even the little children, that they experience your presence deep inside, that they will know God is with me. He's with me. Commit your church into thy hands. That precious nail pierced hands. The church is safe there. Absolutely safe in those hands. Thank you Father, thank you. Once again I bless your people in your name. Wherever they are, whatever they are going through, the answer is Jesus. Meet them at their point of need. And we, your people in your house, we lift up holy hands. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. And once again in his house we proclaim, Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. ever." In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. Amen.